After 40 years of wandering, finally they were about to enter the promised land. After all of those trials and setbacks, after so much grumbling and discontent and despair, finally they were about to realize Moses' vision. Finally, they were about to be delivered into a land of their own. And so now on this occasion, Moses lifts his voice and he makes a prediction. Someday, he says, they will find themselves in need of another vision. Someday, he says, they will be in need of hope once more. And come that day, he says, there will be no shortage of prophets who will appear before them. People like himself. People with visions for what will indeed bring them peace and wholeness and deliverance once more. For without a vision, Moses knew, the people will perish. And while his vision was soon To be realized, he knew that a new vision would soon enough be needed. Because he knew that people cannot just sit still. That people need their hopes to be excited and channeled and directed. How will we know what prophet to heed in such a time? The people then asked. How will we know who to trust? to follow to which Moses responded if a prophet speaks and the vision proves true that is a prophet worthy of your life's allegiance if a prophet speaks and the vision proves true that Moses says is how you will know if a prophet is worthy It is indeed a logical answer, a logical test. But how does one know in the moment whether a prophet's vision will indeed prove true or not? One can't. Today, in a time like the one Moses predicted, that is, in a time when we are once more a people in need of hope, people in need of vision. In such a time, we find ourselves today with no shortage of prophets, don't we? No shortage of people, or politicians, or spiritual leaders, or multinational corporations with visions for what will bring us peace and wholeness and deliverance. The other day, I was parked beside an Amazon truck with a slogan that read, Warning, contents inside may cause happiness. That's a vision, right? Buy and buy and buy until the sum total of our material possessions brings us into fullness. Recently, I saw a promotion for something that promised me, quote, wellness unleashed. Wellness Unleashed, which, 
if I followed the logic correctly, assured me that all of my life's troubles could be solved if only I got myself just a little bit more physically healthy. We're all just a few fewer toxins and a few more kale salads away from pure happiness, it seems. And that's a vision, right? It's a vision. Recently, I saw an ad for a travel company that suggested that if we could just get away, get somewhere other than here, wherever here happens to be, if we could just get away, then peace would be waiting for us just around the corner. That's a vision, right? To just keep moving, keep going so fast, keep moving so constantly that we never have to acknowledge any lurking sense of emptiness or despair. And don't even get me started on the promises of the politicians and their cynical, divisive, mean-spirited ideas about what will finally lead us to peace and wholeness and deliverance. We're already bloated with ads like these, and it's only January. No, there's no shortage of prophets in our day and time. No shortage of visions for where and how and why to channel our hope. And so what's needed then is some way of knowing which prophet and which vision to trust. Yes, if a prophet speaks, judge the prophet on whether his or her vision proves true. So says Moses. That's the Moses test. Well, as Christians, we ostensibly trust the vision of Jesus of Nazareth, the First century Jewish prophet whose vision concerned that of the coming kingdom of God. Jesus' prophetic vision, a vision cast through sermons and parables and the content of his very life. Jesus' vision was defined by the cessation of war and by the permeation of peace. By hunger ending and by ostracism abating by justice spreading far and wide, and by loving kindness stretching from one end of creation all the way to the other. Believe the good news, Jesus prophesied concerning this reality. The kingdom of God is at hand. Yes, such is the prophet and such is the vision that we as Christians ostensibly follow. But let us be quite honest today in our assessment of how this prophet Jesus and of how his vision concerning the coming kingdom of God currently fare by virtue of the Moses test. 2,000 years later, still war continues unabated. Just open a newspaper. Still corruption and oppression continue apace. Just look around. Still, the poor get stepped on and the weak get exploited every day. And still, no matter how intensely we love people and give ourselves to and for them, still people die and we bury them and we grieve no different than did Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so all these years later, in a time when all of us are asking where we should direct our hope, asking whose vision we should follow. All these years later, we do well to ask ourselves to consider 
is Jesus really the prophet we want to follow? Dear family, let us recognize and let us face squarely this very important truth that sits at the very center of Christian faith. This truth that we don't stand on the far side of Jesus' announcement of the coming kingdom, comfortably able to judge by virtue of looking back whether his proclamation about the coming kingdom is indeed true or not. We aren't able to look back upon this ancient vision and determine its truthfulness and or its viability in some sort of logical or mathematical fashion. Which is to say, we can't yet judge Jesus' vision concerning the kingdom of God by the standard of the Moses test. Instead, we stand on the near shore of the Galilean Sea right there with Peter and Andrew. And we hear the same existential proclamation that they heard and we face the same existential question that they faced. Do we believe Him? Will we follow? Is His vision worthy of our very lives? And we decide based on faith. Will a day come when the kingdom of God comes in fullness? Will a day come when fairness abounds and injustice abates? Will a day come when no one goes hungry and when all strangers receive sufficient welcome? Will a day come when violence ends and war grinds to a halt? We simply don't know. We can't yet know. We've seen signs of it. We've experienced foretastes of it. We have watched beautiful little blossoms emerge. We believe in the historical resurrection of Jesus. But all of that said, we have not yet seen the final harvest of the kingdom of God. We stand on the shore just as they did, hoping, waiting. It's all a matter of faith. It's all a matter of trust. It's all a matter of belief in any prophet's vision. And our lives bear out whether indeed we do trust that vision or not. As Christians, we claim to be Christian because we believe in the vision of this man, Jesus of Nazareth. But the question we have to ask ourselves daily is, do we? Do we really? Do our lives bear it out? Moses understood every age needs a vision. Every age needs a prophet. And our age is no different. So as Christians, will Jesus be our prophet? 
Or will it be any number of the other prophets who right this moment are vying for our attention and our allegiance, casting visions for us of things that are altogether different than the things that Jesus pointed to in his vision of the coming kingdom of God? Yes, there on the verge of entering the promised land, Moses knew that a time would soon come when his people would once more need hope. And he knew that prophets would soon arise with any manner of visions for how they could find such hope. He knew this for it had happened to him countless times throughout those 40 years of wilderness wandering. Remember, no sooner had Moses successfully cast his vision of fleeing Egypt... Then other prophets had arisen trying to convince the people to go back. This will never work, such prophets had said. At least back there we had food and comfort and things to distract us from the hardship. We'll never really get there. This vision is really just a pipe dream. It happened over and over again throughout those 40 years. No matter how many signs and wonders the Israelites had beheld along the way. Yes, each time such a prophet would rise up, the Israelites would seriously consider turning to those prophets and away from Moses. Well, such is the case again today. We too are a people in need of hope. And it can become tiring and frustrating to keep trying to bend our lives toward the peaceable kingdom of Jesus when promises of peace through political might or through personal wellness or through the magic of online delivery bombard us daily, requiring so little of us and promising so much to us in return. So the question we must ask is, will we look for hope through the ways and the concerns of Jesus, working to make it ever more like the kingdom of God that he described, even though 2,000 years later we have not yet seen this vision fully realized and therefore can't know for certain whether such a reality is indeed even possible? Or in seeing the hardship, and the suffering and the despair that might lurk for us down this uncertain Jesus path, will we instead look for hope through avenues that promise us distraction from or comfort amid or obliviousness to the very realities that right now threaten our hope? That's the question. Jesus stands on the shore and he calls out to us even yet. Just as he did with Peter and Andrew, so does Jesus appeal to our hopes and to our dreams and to the deepest longings of our hearts. The kingdom of God is at hand, he says. And thus the prophetic test is put before us. And the final result, we can't yet know. Because he hasn't come back yet. Will we believe? Will we follow? This is a question we cannot answer with words. It is a question we can only answer with the substance 
of our lives. Yes, dear family, in such a time as this, a prophet has indeed spoken. Dare we place our hope in the vision that he has cast. And all God's people said, Amen.